0: Hey, welcome back to EBR, the Writer Show podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you know the drill. If you're new, well, on this podcast, I talk to writers about the art and business of writing and in independent publishing. And it turns out they've got a lot to say. But I've got something different for you today. I want to talk about songwriters. In this season, I'll be talking to some fabulous singer songwriters and songwriters that write with a team for other artists. Now, songwriters are a misunderstood breed. When we read a book, we know it was written by someone, the writer's name's on the front cover. It's not rocket science. When we talk about books, we talk about the author. Music, though, is a different beast. Songs can arise from one person. You know the whole singer-songwriter thing. Songs can be written by partnerships. Think Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards. Songs can be written by entire groups. So where does this song come from? What's the process? How does it differ from writing fiction? I wanted to find out. So in this season of The Writer Show, you'll be hearing from the songwriters themselves. And you'll find at its core, songwriting isn't that much different from writing a book. It's a process that requires attention, love and patience. The payoff creating something that didn't exist that can touch and move people in unexpected and mysterious ways. Music is the most immediate art form. While a good novel can transport you to a different time and place, music seems a fundamental part of us. A new song can thrill us with empathy and recognition, and an old favourite can conjure up a memory of a time and place probably even more powerful than the world conjured by a novel. At the heart of it all, the song that mystery of moving air that music is. So let's get into it. Darren Jack is one of Australia's most respected bluesmen. He's just released his brand new album, Lost in Living, and I had a chat to him about the art and craft of songwriting.
1: I get lost in living I'm losing the best of me I can't go much farther Without a change in this busted machine Down to the last degree.
0: Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Well, thank you.
0: So what, what's the Darren Jack story? When did you write your first song?
1: My very first song, I would have to say, i tell you what, I can nearly remember writing my first song. I think I had a little go of it like when I was learning guitar. It didn't really work out, but I remember writing some words down and Having a little go at it, probably when I was about sixteen or seventeen, sort of had a little go at it, but then nothing ever came of it, and I was still learning guitar, and and that was the that that was it until I really started my first band that I started writing songs.
0: Uh, first degree, that that was your first full-on jump into the blues.
1: From from word go, it was blues. As soon as I wanted to learn, while I was learning guitar, um, that's the music that. I heard I heard and wanted to do it so it was blues and that was it so third degree is definitely a blues rock band um probably more actually more blues at the start like I was really a blues nut so and then it I started you know bringing in the rock influence of the blues and other other styles that fit into that
0: what do you think drew you to the
1: blues? just the uh, the sound and the feeling of it I think yeah too it was definitely the sound of the guitar. And it was Robert Cray who I heard very first in about 1986 when he was on the radio on Triple M in Sydney. And I just, and I, and I, yeah, the right next door, strong persuader song. And that just, it just, it just grabbed me. I was watching my mum's car and I just went, boom, that's it. Uh, Yeah. Just from there, it was just that sound. I think obviously, yeah, it would have been a Stratocaster guitar. I I just love that clean sound. I just love the soul in his voice and just the whole, and just what you felt, which is what you do get with, with blues music and soul music is a feeling, and it felt great.
0: Are there any blues or lyricists that inspire you with their lyrics?
1: Oh, definitely all of them. Like any any of them, like, and Robert Cray definitely is a, um, you know, he's my first influence, and, you know, he was always a guy that went outside of the, uh you know the, the the straight ahead blues and you know more constructed songs with stories so he's a big influence but any of the guys i listen to uh, are all influences in writing yeah all those blues guys so i could yeah there's so many i could mention i can mention a few if you like but there's um, yeah go yeah, ahead there's oh, i mean right back from you know the early blues of robert johnson and you know eric clapton's another earlier one yeah, I mean, he's written great songs. It's just, you know, Buddy Guy, Johnny Winner, The Vaughns, Stevie and no. Jimmy Vaughan, Freddie King, BB King, Albert King, Muddy no. Waters. I've just gotten something from all of them. A long list. What's Yeah, your that's pro- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're what's, only scraping the surface.
0: <laughs> what, what's your approach to writing lyrics?
1: Always a guitar first. Um, I come up with... A guitar riff or a part of a song that's going to be a song on the guitar. And then it's, I've never, I may, I think there's one time, and this is back in third degree, that I did actually write a song of lyrics only. All the rest, um, I have always written something on the guitar and then the lyrics would follow. And as far as what I'm going to write about, I have no idea, just I would sing about something and then I will build a song around it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And that's, that, I'm, I am yeah. speaking to a, another songwriter, and he is telling me he keeps a, a list of titles. So something yes. Will, something will pique his interest or pop into his head, whether it's a movie or whatever, headline, so he just keeps a list. Do you do, you do that?
1: I don't. No, I don't. I have, the only thing I have is a ton of ideas on my iPhone voice recorder of just guitar bits and pieces, which uh-huh. will become songs if they haven't already. You would hear my <laughs> <laughs> Like a hundred
0: unfinished songs there.
1: Yeah, well, all, that's what you do, you know, but yeah. you've got to grab them.
0: They all sound great at 11pm at night.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's important to put them all down. I've, I've definitely found that because I've I've gone back and it's just been a little riff and... In no time at all, it can easily turn into a song, and That's it. yeah, so it's so you've got to keep them all as far as the singing thing goes. I maybe I can think of once or twice where I may have just sung something when I'm driving the car and maybe yeah. recorded it on my phone, but it doesn't happen like that usually at all
0: when you're working on a song. Yep, you've worked up the lyric and you know, up from the riff, so you've got the yes. song, and you're working it up to record it. How do you know the lyrics finished? Do you keep at it till you record your vocal? I remember Bono once asked Leonard Cohen, how long did it take to write Hallelujah? Cohen said deadpan 10 years.
1: Wow, really? Yeah, he just kept fiddling with it, you know. So Yes, and that's what it's like with them, you know. Like some take a long time and then, you know, there's the old story of a good song comes really quick. So, yeah, I think... I think it's just a matter of, yeah, the actual uh, the structure of the song, you know, it's usually going to be in a certain amount of time and once I've, you know, done the music and then I've done the lyrics to it, um, then I'll know it's finished, you know, in that time slot. It's not like I'll, I'll have had um, a whole heap of lyrics, like too many lyrics. Because I'm writing to what I've got already on the guitar,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I'll know it's finished, you know, pretty much straight away. Rather than just have a whole heap of lyrics sitting there, wondering what ones to use, it doesn't work like that for me. It's 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 to suit the structure of the song usually.
0: Well, whatever you're doing, it's working well. Oh, but thank let's, you. <laughs> let's talk about your new album, Lost in Living. It's just been released, and that's a cracker. Yes. What's the story behind the title?
1: Well, um, again, that well, that that song um, is. Just something that came out of my head because I had that, that riff of that song. I, again, the, no, no lyrics came to me until I actually tried to put it to that. And it just, the, the lyrics came and kind of, you know, suited where I was at the time, which wasn't that long ago that I wrote it actually, like it, it wouldn't have been a year ago. And the way I felt about frustration with um, just with life. With the music business, just with everything, really, that's uh, that's how it came to me. So once once I sort of had a had a um, a few little words down, I I um, you know wrote the story and said, right, I know where I'm going with this. It's going to be about this, and this is what I'm feeling, and 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 that's that's basically it, really.
0: Yeah, it's a great track. It seems to resonate in the, these COVID years, I guess. Like,
1: yes, we're all a bit lost. Exactly. Yeah, I think it, it just yeah. It's funny how it did sort of fit into that that as well because other interviews have interviewers have asked, um, is that to do with COVID and stuff? And I said, well, it's not, but it does fit in. But no, it's more about actually myself um, or anybody else, if they you know if they can relate to it, of just being frustrated, um, you know, at a at a point in your life and and just you know you've done all you can and. Um, you're down on your bending knees and what more can yeah. you do? You know, you've hit rock bottom, then there's only one way and that's back up again.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time between albums for you and the, <clears throat> the quality and yes. songwriting and production just shines through on this album. It does with every album of yours, but this one in particular, it just jumps out uh, like a big yes. leap. Would you say you're a bit yes. of a perfectionist?
1: Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm crazy like that. Yes. Um, the reason it is like this is because I, I was lucky to be, and who I recorded with is Jake Davey at Jake Davey Studios, is I was able to do what I wanted through Jake. Like it's just in my previous experiences with other studios and nothing against them, but it's just the way it goes. You've got a certain amount of time, you've got a certain amount of money and you, you just got to slap it out. You re- Record like you just record the whole album in a day. You go back and you do maybe the vocals and a bit bit of extra guitar, and, and it's done. You know, but this time it was different, and um, it took. You know, I, I recorded this over a whole year with the over the COVID period, and because I had the extra time, I was over the able to get extra fussy too, and just not not uh, accept that's good enough. And I just didn't want to do that. I thought, you know what? It's too late in my career um, at this point to be just accepting because I've done that and and learned from those mistakes. It's just gone. Oh yeah, that'll do. It. Slap it out. This time it wasn't like that. It's like I these sounds are in my head and I'm gonna get them out. And I Jake was just the best guy for that. He just he went he went for it and just uh, he 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 was so patient and just said, man, whatever you. You know, whatever, wherever you're going, you know, we will get it, you know. And and yes. So I I'm lucky because he was able to satisfy that uh that perfectionist thing inside me, you know, like um I yeah, that that was really that was a good feeling.
0: The songs pretty much sound as you imagine them.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes.
0: And it's a great, great band you've assembled as well. Um
1: Absolutely. I mean,
0: really a great team. Performances yes. just
1: shine through, and that the team thing—that that's a big one, isn't it? And that's what I did get, and we, we got—you know—basically, it stemmed off one song, and which was the first single, uh, "Deep Ocean, Deep Blue Sea." Tell me, baby, can't you see? Ocean, deep sea. I'm just wild about you. You wild about me. So I've gone into Jake's uh, studio and had this on acoustic and he goes, I love it. He goes let me do this one, let, let me suggest the guys let, do this and that and the guys I use, just give me a go at it. If you don't like it, blah, blah, blah. And so so he, he sourced out his his drummer, that the, one of the guys he uses most of the time, Reece Thacker, who's from Newcastle and he has a studio as well that he works out of. He has his kit set up in there so he gets a great sound. And so bang, when I heard those drums, that was it. That was the sound. It was just alive and fresh. He plays modern. Um, so that was a that was that gave the songs a nice new fresh feel. Um, Scott Greenaway, who who I knew of and lives right near me, and he's in the Taree area. Uh, he he just complimented it beautifully. So, and then by the time you know I put Clayton Dolly, just a, an amazing player. By the time he put his parts on there, um, I just knew that that's that's it. That's that is the team, and it just it just gelled. And it just every every time they played played something on those songs, it just gave me what my ears needed to hear, and and that was it. So so we just realised that was it. If we have to re-record anything, we will because that's the sound we're going to stay with.
0: Were a lot of the parts
1: recorded remotely,
0: like with Clayton?
1: Yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much everything. The only one which features my uh, live drummer Roscoe Clark is moving track one. Where he was in the studio at Jake, and that that was uh, done in the studio together. which, of course, due to COVID, had to be done this way. So, yes, everything was remotely done. Oh, except, I should say, except for Scott, the bass player who was able to come into the studio and do his parts. Otherwise, um, it would be me lay down a guide track to a metronome, sing and play guitar live. That would be sent to Reese, the drummer. Then it would come back. Um, Sometimes I may play a bit you know, more to his thing then, but first but first, before all that would be the bass player would come in, Scott, and play to that with my guide track and then I would go back and redo my track to those guys and tighten it all up and then we'd yeah. put Clayton down, we'd, 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 he'd do the sprinkles on top after <laughs> it all. <laughs> we live in an
0: age of wonders Indeed. with this technology, don't we?
1: Oh, it's, it's incredible, yeah. And, you know, like... There's the purists out there. Oh, you know, you got to be in the same room, but you know, it's it's true, you know. But then, you know, you're able to achieve great results this way too. And yeah, nothing's not nothing's not played by humans, and it's real. So, um, you know, and, and it just it makes for a quality sound too.
0: No, it sounds like a band. It
1: does. It exactly doesn't
0: sound tracked but it sounds like a live band, like this. Really quickly yes. produced, and then there's a wonderful flow on the album—the way one track segues into the next. How hard is that to get right? Do you consider that when you're in songwriting mode for the album, or is it assembling the songs for the release?
1: Yes, it definitely got to the point where I did have quite a few songs that were that were ready to go, and oh. then I had a few that I had to still put together. And towards the end, it would be I have you know, right, we've got maybe a few more songs to go, I'd take it into the studio and myself and Jake would sit down and, and go through them and go, well, that's going to work. Um, that's going to fit in. It's got, but even though it's got a different feel, but it, that's going to fit in with what we're doing. So, um, yeah, it was more about actually hearing the songs as we went along uh, to, to uh, make sure they did fit with the rest of the songs. So, yes, that, that became a, um, important that the album would flow.
0: No, it's certainly got to flow. It's um, wonderful. What do you love most about songwriting, Darren?
1: The main thing I love is is um, going after a sound that's going to belong to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's the satisfaction of, of that, which is a big one and which is even better. If people like what I'm doing, then I'm, I'm very satisfied as a musician if I've written something um, and and I can perform it and and people get into it. And I enjoyed as well. Then that's that's. I think that's one of the biggest and best things as a musician.
0: Good answer. What what advice would you give to young songwriters just getting going?
1: Yes, I would say definitely give it a go, and don't be afraid to put it out there because it is a little bit um. Uh, what, what would you say? It's it feels like it's not as strong to start with, as, as you might have been already playing cover songs. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to have, give it a go. And I think uh, if when you do put them out there, then you'll know if they need, need to be, uh, you know, up to strength and you know what you've got to do. But, um, yeah, just don't be afraid to put it out there and, uh, and, and write about your own feelings. Be honest. That's uh, definitely a big one. And just believe in it.
0: I'm not sure who the writer was. It might have been Hemingway, but his advice was um, just write one true thing. I yes, guess, the blues as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's very important with this music, and is to tell the truth. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think it just comes across the best way too when you do it. You know, the pe people can, you know, without even seeing you, they can hear the truth in the music. I certainly can when I listen to music. And no. artists I I love, um, you can hear hear that they're being honest. It comes
0: yep. across. Yeah, yeah, it's coming from the heart. So what, what's Absolutely. next? For, what's next for Darren Jack? Is COVID restrictions well, finally seem to be lifting? Are you you're planning an official exactly. launch for the album?
1: Yes. Yeah, we have um, uh, some dates in. So um, yeah, if 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 it all goes ahead. We'll start up here on the 5th of November at the Riverbank in Taree. There's a new stage there. And they're having a series of acts, uh, I think something like Once a Fortnight on a Friday night. So that'll be my first local uh, uh, album launch, uh, which I have, have, well, this stage, I have got you know the full band uh, coming along to that. Fantastic. Um, and, and then, yeah, from there on in, if I can start, you know, it's it's gonna be a little bit slow to, to piece gigs back together that had to be cancelled, but um it'll just be the plan is to slowly piece them all back together and, and then just two of the album. And you know, in the meantime, it'll just be promoting the album, which we've got plenty of time to do. Yep.
0: Well, thanks for coming on the show. I wish you great success with Lost in Living. Um, anyone Thank you, listening? Jeff. Um, we'll have all the show notes on the uh, podcast website. And uh, go out and get yourself a copy.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff.
0: Thanks, man. That was Darren Jack. You can buy his new album from Apple Music or Spotify, or if you like, direct from Darren himself. For more information, visit Darren's website at www.darrenjack.com. When I recorded this podcast, Lost in Living was number three on the Australian Blues and Roots charts. An incredible achievement for an incredible album. Go out and grab a copy. You're not going to be disappointed. Of course, all the links are on our show note page for the show, which is the ebookrevolutionpodcast.com.au. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of The Writer's Show. I'm Jeff Hughes. Talk to you next week. Stay creative.